Hey, have you got bare walls at home or in your office? Do you want to surround yourself with the majesty and inspiration of our mountains? I'm talking truly incredible photography of Western North Carolina landscapes. RedRockPhotoNC.com. Stay tuned for details. It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. What's going on? Hey, welcome to the show. It is Thursday. It is July 2nd, 2020. Thanks for listening to the program. Glad you are here. The show is made possible by patrons such as John and Ashley and Curtis, Kristen, Marlon, Dustin, Greg, Pamela, uh, who else? Tavis and Robin. I appreciate all of the support. Couldn't do the show without you. Also, uh, if you want to be a patron and get your name read uh, at the beginning of the program like that, or uh, there are other benefits you get, obviously. We do live streams. We're going to do one tonight, a live stream for patrons. Uh, we do them every Thursday night. So if you want to join in on that, head on over to thepetecalendarshow.com and check out all of the links. They're also in the description of this podcast as well. Uh, also, you asked, you shall receive... An extension of the sale at Mattress Man stores. So, yeah, they've been doing, for the month of June, they were doing zero, zero, zero. So, zero down, zero percent uh, interest or APR for the, like, first two years, and then zero payments for 90 days. It's been extended for you, okay? Also, they have other deals going on for the July 4th sale. They've got a free adjustable base with select mattresses. This is, uh, these bases are awesome. So you can uh, basically raise your head up to help with snoring and watching television, but mainly for snoring as well. Um, and then you could raise your feet up, which is a really good idea for improved circulation. Uh, now that I'm at the ripe old age of uh, 45, 46, 45, I forget. Anyway, um, now that I'm uh, like I'm old, that uh, I've noticed I'm starting to get these, uh, what is basically it's iron staining in my uh, my feet, sort of around my shins, <laughs> because the, the blood isn't getting back up to the heart. And so the iron just, I guess, deposits itself and stains the blood. It looks like little tiny freckles of rust color <laughs> blotches down around my shins. So, yeah, my next purchase is probably going to be an adjustable base. Um, you can get one right now for free with select mattresses at Mattress Mint, where I bought my mattress. Christy and I got our king-size memory foam a couple years ago, well, about eight years ago now. You can get a free box spring also. With the purchase of a Biltmore mattress, these are the mat. These are it's the Biltmore collection. They are in the Biltmore Hotel and Inn. Uh, they're made by Restonic out of Fayetteville. You're not going to find them anywhere else. Well, well, yes, unless you go to the Biltmore and stay at their hotel or inn. But you can have that mattress in your own home and basically stay in the Biltmore every single night. Right? It's going to be the same thing. Experience the difference at Mattress Man. They have four stores in Asheville, Arden, and Hendersonville. They do ship nationwide. They have five-star local delivery service and a 120-day comfort guarantee. And again, the sale is extended, the 000 sale. Take advantage of it now. Uh, zero down, 0% APR for 24 months and zero payments for 90 days. Experience the difference at Mattress Man. Buy local and sleep better. So Governor Roy Cooper... Uh, made his uh, first appearance at one of his press conferences, his COVID news conferences, first appearance he's made 
in about a week, I want to say, uh, which was interesting because there was a lot of stuff going on over the last week that I thought uh, he might want to weigh in on, but it doesn't matter. Point is, he made an appearance uh, yesterday and he urged caution for this holiday weekend. North Carolina is continuing its pause in the Safer at Home Phase 2. And of course, we've added the requirements for face coverings when in public. Since that took effect Friday, we're encouraged to see more people wearing their face coverings when they're out and about. As we go into the holiday weekend, we must keep our guard up. This virus is just as contagious and deadly as a ho- any other on a holiday as it is any other day. And I know we want to gather with family and friends, but we have to remember that a large gathering, especially without mask and social distancing, is one of the most likely places for COVID-19 to spread. Mm, interesting. A couple comments here. Number one, he said that they're encouraged that they're seeing more people wearing masks when they're out and about. I'm curious, was that the data? Was that the science? Or was that the facts? Because I know that the governor's made a very, you know, uh, plain point here repeatedly about how they only rely on the science, the data, and the facts. So am I. And science and data and facts. So am I. And I'm curious when he says that we are encouraged to see more people wearing masks. Is that the science? Is that data? Or is that the facts? Or is it is it anecdotal observational data? Maybe that's what it is, which is a kind of data, I guess. I'll give it to him under the category of data. It means that uh, he and his staffers, they've walked around on the weekends and such, and they're like, "Mm, yeah, I think I see more people wearing masks. Of course, you could say that, of course, there are going to be more people wearing masks because you mandated it. (laughs) It's like Obamacare. You know, when when you said you have to go get the health insurance, and then they're like, hey, look at that. We got more people signed up for health insurance. Yeah, you told them they had to where they were going to get fined. <laughs> so when you make it mandatory, you should expect to see compliance go up. The usage rates go up. Also, thought this was interesting, too. Very concerned about July 4th weekend and the, the large gatherings. People are going to be hanging out for Independence Day celebrations, you know. Just be careful, everybody, because large gatherings are one of the most likely places for the virus to spread. Unless, of course, you're protesting police brutality uh, or systemic racism or just generally you're looking to vandalize, riot, and loot, uh, then I think COVID knows that you're Your motives are virtuous, and it shall not smite you down in those large gatherings. Now, simply celebrating the birth of the nation, you're going to get smited, smoted, smote, smat. Anyway, he then moved on to the part where everybody was waiting to hear. uh, This is the announcement about when and how schools would reopen. Let me be clear. We want our schools open for in-person instruction in August. Okay. The classroom is the best place for children to learn. Recent reports recommend it, and I know many parents and children agree with this. School is where children learn academics, but it's also how they build their social skills, get reliable meals, stay physically fit, and really become tomorrow's leaders. Oh, wait, sorry. That's not the part where he gives us the plan. This is the part. We're not issuing a statewide directive today on how schools should open in the fall. Oh, my goodness. What? So they tell everybody that they're going to have this announcement and then we get this. But we will soon. 
Oh, we want to get fantastic. our students back in the classroom. Yeah. And we want to make sure that we get this right. Yeah. Yes. My number one opening priority is classroom doors. So we encourage our public schools to continue that planning with a special focus on how teachers, staff, and students can best be protected, especially those who are high risk. All right. So if your school, by the way, is scheduled to start up this month in July, well, you're just going to have to do some remote learning. Our goal remains getting children back in the classroom for in-person instruction that's safe for students and their teachers. To meet that goal, we want to avoid the increased virus spread that we're seeing across the country. We need everyone to do what works. The three W's. Everyone. Wear a face covering over your mouth and nose. Wash your hands. Wait six feet apart. Especially the face covering part which we learn every day to be more and more important to this process. Sticking to those safety rules now will help schools back up, get back open safely. It'll help stabilize our numbers and our trends, keep our hospitals from being overwhelmed. And at the end of the day, it'll help save lives. We have the power, and we can do this together. All right, I'm sorry, a couple things. Number one, again, this guy talks to citizens like he's a kindergarten teacher talking to infants. It is insulting and condescending, first of all. Second of all, dude, the spread has already occurred. The super spreading events already occurred. You may have seen a couple of them. Uh, you marched in one of them. Okay, the idea that somehow or another we all need to now re-lock down ourselves because a bunch of people protesting, uh, protested in the thousands for a solid month, that we're now going to be responsible for somehow containing the viral spread that obviously got seeded, obviously got seeded over the last month. It's insulting again. Right? The protests of the last month obliterated three months worth of quarantining. Right, We all sacrificed for three months, stayed at home, right? Essential versus non-essential. We, 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 we listened to the three T's and then the three W's, and we've been sitting here doing our part while businesses fold, family fortunes are wiped out. Right. Overdoses are through the roof. Suicides on the rise. Right. We've been doing all of these things to try to uh, make sure everybody stays safe and to try and save as many lives as possible. Meanwhile, you guys can't be bothered to lock down the nursing homes and start testing everybody regularly there until, oh, maybe in the next few weeks. And now you're going to talk to us as if we didn't just see a month's worth of mass gatherings by the young people that, oh, by the way, now account for most of the new cases, and we're just supposed to say, oh, okay, well, let me just, you know, buckle down and lock down even harder this time. No, I'll forego Easter, and I'll forego um, Independence Day, and I'll forego wedding anniversaries and weddings and birthdays and you know, life milestone events. I'll forego all of these things, but folks can go out and tear down statues and super spread the virus, and now I have to redouble my efforts because they did what they did. You know what? Screw you. 
Like I'm so done with the I'm so done with the inconsistency. Just done with the hypocrisy. Then comes then comes Mandy Cohen, our Secretary of Health and Human Services. And she says, we need to do everything in our collective power this month to contain the spread so our kids can go back to school in August. Where the hell was this message when people were rioting and looting and burning things, right? Where were these messages? Hey, 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 everybody, whoa, 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 I I understand you guys marched and everything, you know, over the weekend for justice for George Floyd, Black Lives Matter and all that, I get it, but look, you know, you're now on week two, you're now on week three, you're now on week four, like, you guys are going to prevent us from being able to open schools again, you guys are going to create the collapse of the society, which, just spitballing here, maybe the Marxists are actually trying to do that. Maybe entertain the idea for a moment. Just have you ever heard of Cloward and Piven? Do you know what the central premise of the sociological uh, theory is? That if you overload the system, the demands become so great, people then take to the streets and they threaten the elites. The elites then will pay off all of the people so they just leave them alone. Right? So is it possible? Is it possible that the left might be utilizing the pandemic in a way that advances their cultural Marxism and collectivist ideology. Is it possible? I think it's more than possible. I think it's actually likely. Cohen then quoted the Academy of Pediatrics recommendation that states make every effort to reopen K-12 schools as they are deemed to be fundamental to childhood indoctrinate, I mean, um, sorry, childhood uh, development. The emerging scientific evidence suggests that going to school is less of a risk as we think about the potential spread of COVID-19. At this time, international research shows that schools have not played a significant role in the spreading of COVID-19. Children, particularly younger children, are less likely than adults to be infected with COVID-19. And for children who do become infected with COVID-19, they seem to be less likely to transmit it to others. We will continue to have to evaluate the scientific research carefully on this, but the current science is encouraging. Right. So kids in the schools, not exactly super spreaders. No idea why. I'm not an epidemiologist. I have no idea. I've not seen any real explanation for this. Just that young kids don't seem to get it. They don't seem to transmit it. And so what the Academy of Pediatrics is saying, look, because the risk is so low, you need to send the kids to school. I mean, and they say, like, it's critical for all these, you know, development reasons and such. Because, yes, they need to be learning. They need to be, like, learning to read and write. And they throw in the whole, you know, socialization. They need to get bullied. They need to be. No, I'm kidding. But, like, that's, like, yeah, that's <laughs> GovCo schools. So they they need these uh, this normalcy. They need the interaction. They need human interaction. And uh, schools provide a lot of these benefits. The problem is... Um, the polling. No, I'm kidding. But it is actually true. Nobody really knows what to do yet. I suspect that might be one of the reasons why Governor Cooper did not come out this week and announce his plan. I think there are a couple of reasons. Okay, from what I have been able to glean from all of the various reporting and commentary from various sectors, uh, I, I 
I think it's a culmination of several things. First off, the Republicans came out first and said he should do this. So automatically, he's not going to be interested in doing it right away. Now, maybe the Republicans jumped the gun on this in order to uh, induce this reaction. I don't know. I mean, that's that's a level of chess that like I don't think ahead on. Um, but this week, June 30th, what, a day before he makes his announcement, the Republican state senators put out uh, a statement saying, hey, last week, the American Academy of Pediatrics issued a, a definitive guidance on schools based on the latest science. And we know that the party of science loves their science. So the conclusion reached by the nation's premier pediatric medical organization is that, quote, all policy considerations for the coming school year should start with a goal of having students physically present in school. Although many questions remain, they say the preponderance of evidence indicates that children and adolescents are less likely to be symptomatic and less likely to have severe disease resulting from uh, SARS-CoV-2 or COV-2, COVID-19. The GOP urges Governor Cooper to follow on the recommendations of the American Academy of Pediatrics and reopen schools on August 17 for in-class instruction. Okay, so the Republican senators come out on uh, June 30th, uh, which was, uh, what, Monday? And then, or sorry, Tuesday. And then Wednesday, Governor Cooper makes his announcement where he's like, I am not ready to do anything yet. We're still talking to all of the people. Now, that's another component. I am certain he is still talking to various stakeholders. I am certain of it. Stakeholders like the teachers union, sorry, don't call it a union. It's the Association of Educators. Um, But the teachers union, they came, they white knighted for Cooper on this. Yeah, they came to his defense uh, because when he didn't make a decision and uh, you got parents, you have school districts, right? So you have all of these different um, constituencies, stakeholders, and they're all providing different pieces of input. And he can't figure out which way to to go on this yet. And this gets to the polling because we're all divided. Nobody really knows. Roughly, it breaks down into thirds. Do we stay open? Do we stay closed? Do we do a hybrid? You know, or sorry, open up, stay closed or do a hybrid. And uh, nobody really is sure how to do this. And so there's no clear majority for either position. And so he's looking at this saying, I don't know what to do. This is one of the things in in times of crisis, I think a lot of people fail to recognize that often you are left with only bad options. The, and, and I've gone over this before, but the the masks is a perfect example of it. When the pandemic first hit and we had the, quote, experts, the elites telling us don't wear masks. It's useless, uh, more harm than good, right? All of this language about the masks initially. Well, what was the purpose of that? The purpose was to tell us not to buy up all the masks so this way there would be enough masks for medical personnel. So they lied to us, right? Now, look, the bad options, because look at the bad options available. Do you announce, hey, everybody, go mask up, and then everybody does, and then the hospital staff, they don't have masks, and then they all start dying, right? Is that Because that's one course, and then the other course is lie to the people and 
protect the hospital staffers so they can try and save as many people as possible at the hospital level. Meanwhile, everybody uh, who's not wearing masks, we're all catching it and spreading it. Another bad option, right? Those were the options available, and they chose to lie. Now, the problem is is that it, you, know, you have problems um, with credibility after that. Because now you got Dr. Fauci saying, yeah, we had to tell people to not mask up because we needed the masks for hospital people. And I would make that decision again. You're damn right. I ordered the code red. And I know it's a bit it's kind of as gravelly as he sounds, but not quite as the Bronx accent. I think he's from the Bronx. Um, At any rate, I understand you got bad options and you're you're trying to choose between two bad options. And in this case, this is what we're presented with on the schools, uh, except we've got three bad options, right? One is open it up, and it's going to be, like, really annoying. It's going to be a lot of extra work, which, by the way, that's another part of this component here, or another component of the dilemma that Cooper is facing, is that you already have schools and teachers that do so much, and now we're going to ask even more of them for no additional pay? Yeah. You see where this is heading? I do. I do. See, a lot of stakeholders, a lot of components. Here's the McClatchy write-up on it, which is the parent company of the Charlotte Observer and News and Observer. Oh, by the way, there's this is an interesting uh, development. They're about, like, McClatchy, they're, like, bankrupt, you know, they're uh, and, and, like, all the creditors are swirling around, they're circling. And so there's this idea that uh, some nonprofit organization uh might swoop in and buy up mcclatchy and turn it into a non-profit uh which i thought basically all newspapers were nowadays okay i'm sorry i'm sorry (laughs) Catherine truitt the republican candidate for state superintendent cited the pediatric academy's advice in a press release uh saying that the decision about reopening should be made by school districts she says Uh, Her name is Truett. She says Cooper will likely issue a one-size-fits-all dictate that just won't work for our schools and students. Local school board members and superintendents know the needs and challenges facing their communities far better than someone sitting inside the Raleigh Beltway. She is the chancellor of Western Governors University, North Carolina, an online university. And she said, quote, It is imperative that we allow local leaders to make local decisions, that parents be engaged in the process, and that our reopening plan gives students the hope they need to succeed. School districts and charter schools across the state are working on plans for how to reopen schools after having been closed since mid-March. So this was, you'll recall, the governor's office issued uh, a directive to all of the school districts saying, come up with three plans. Plan A, Plan B, Plan C, right? Plan A is schools reopen at full capacity, but they have, you know, all sorts of steps uh, built in, like, you know, the temperature uh, uh, scans, uh, daily temperature reading, screening checks and stuff uh, before anybody can enter the building. Um, Under Plan B, schools would operate at no more than half capacity, uh, options being considered include having students rotate in and out on a weekly or a daily basis or having some students go to class while others uh, get you know instruction online so they're trying to figure that out and then there's plan C which school is that schools re- would continue with remote instruction until conditions improve to allow students back on campus and uh, schools can use a more restrictive plan than what Cooper decides but they cannot use less restrictive 
plans, much like uh, the governor's executive orders. It sets a floor, um, and then everybody can go more restrictive, but they can't go less. So those are the three plans, basically a reopen, a stay closed, and a hybrid. Those are the plans that they're all working up at the governor's direction, and it sounds like a lot of districts haven't been able to figure it out yet, and so now they're telling the governor, we can't reopen like this. you got teachers' unions, sorry, associations, saying, uh, hey, uh, you know, teachers, we already do so much, and and we don't think we should reopen. Plus, what about the at-risk, health-wise, the at-risk teachers? Hmm? All right, more on this in a minute. Have you ever seen a photo of the Blue Ridge Mountains so stunning that you couldn't look away? Well, that was me when I first saw Stacy Redmond's work at redrockphotonc.com. Stacy is from Western North Carolina, shooting landscapes for two decades after he realized life is short. You don't get time back. So do what you love. Don't regret not spending time with family or chasing your dream. His work is brilliant, striking, and easily affordable for any space. See for yourself at redrockphotonc.com. Use promo code PETE for 20% off. That's redrockphotonc.com. Have you been trying to set up or improve your business's website? It can be overwhelming for any of us. I know it was for me. So let my friend Schaefer Smith at Schaefer Smith Design help you with logos, graphics, photos, and online stores, search engine optimization, website maintenance, and security. For professional services, corporate, small business, and entrepreneurs, Schaefer Smith Design. Make your site look professional and user-friendly for your customers and you so you can adapt quickly. SchaeferSmith.com. That's SchaeferSmith.com. The show is also made possible by Rowena Patton and her all-star powerhouse team. Current events have impacted us all in many different ways, and maybe you need to sell your house. But you're thinking, I don't want the traffic coming through my house right now. Well, Rowena Patton and her all-star powerhouse team, they've got investors ready to tour your home virtually and potentially make a cash offer, saving you the hassle and stress of buyers having to walk through your home. Start out with a video consult with Rowena Patton. She's the only agent I would call if I'm buying or selling a house. You should, too. Call her today. 333-4483, mountainhomehunt.com, and start packing. The show is also made possible by Old Grouch's Military Surplus. Are you ready for disaster? Do you need some advice? Are you looking for military surplus that's real? For more than three decades, the answer has been Old Grouch's Military Surplus in downtown Clyde. It's an old-school, traditional store with a mix of modern and vintage items. See my friend Tim. He'll hook you up. He gets new stuff all the time, American-made, because it's real military surplus. Camo, shirts, hats, dog tags, gear, Old Grouch's on Main Street, downtown Clyde, across the street from the anti-aircraft gun, and at Old grouch.com Governor Roy Cooper and his health secretary Mandy Cohen said uh, yesterday was the highest day of new cases and uh, North Carolina is doing a good job keeping the virus level low, but it's still going to be hard work to get the schools to open back up in August. North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper said a decision on school reopening is going to come, quote, in the next couple of weeks, while a new poll shows the public is divided on how to reopen schools this fall amid the coronavirus pandemic. News and Observer reporting that none of the options of returning to school full-time, keeping students at home for online instruction, or using a mix of both options drew majority support. This is an Elon University poll done in partnership with the News and Observer, the Charlotte Observer, and the Durham Herald Sun. The option of sending students back part-time drew the most support in the poll 
with 38%, followed by 34% for returning full-time and 29% for staying at home uh, for the uh, for schooling. Uh, this is a poll of like 1,400 North Carolina adults. It was conducted uh, last week, and it's got a, a credibility interval of plus or minus 2.8 percentage points. So basically what does that tell us is that the uh, going to school part-time and returning full-time, they're basically tied if you take into account the margin of error here, but 38, 34. uh, And so I think... I think you got a couple things going on here. Number one, everybody wants kids to go back to school, right? Everybody wants them back. Uh, although I will say, like the uh, the morning commutes are probably a lot uh, easier on uh, motorists. But anyway, uh, with, with the kids not being in school, so everybody wants the kids back into school some in some way, shape, or form, whether it's full time or part time. And part time, I think, sort of seems like the uh, the easy answer when you're not sure, because on the one hand, it's like you could do you know full reopen or completely stay closed or you can do this middle path and people would gravitate towards the middle path if they're not sure which path to take right i think that's sort of a natural tendency jason husser is the director of the elon university poll he said that the subgroup results on the poll were fairly consistent with parents and non-parents holding similar views one difference though was along partisan lines 46% of Republicans say they support uh, kids going back to school full-time, or Plan A. Uh, That's compared to only 23% of Democrats. Yeah, Uh, and so then the News & Observer helpfully points out uh, the breakdown of Republican viewpoints on this, but not the Democrat uh, viewpoints on this. Uh, So 46% of Republicans say Plan A, open schools back up. 33% say Plan B, which is a mix, and 21% of Republicans say keep it all closed. Uh, I suspect those numbers are basically inverted for the Democrats. Um, And I think that might be uh, due to the teachers' union. The NCAE released a statement coming to the defense of Roy Cooper yesterday after he made his non-announcement. And the NCAE teachers union, don't call it a union, says, quote, how to reopen North Carolina school buildings, bus garages and administrative offices is a critical decision. And we are incredibly thankful for Governor Cooper's thoughtful and thorough approach, said Tamika Walker Kelly, president of the NCAE. COVID information is changing on a daily basis, and the health and safety of all of our state's educators, students, and their families is at stake. It is far more important to get this decision right than to get it done quickly. NCAE looks forward to working with the governor and the State Board of Education to ensure educator voices continue to be heard in the planning to safely reopen our schools for students and all educators. I think this is I, I think all of the all of the stuff I'm going over these are all reasons why Cooper delayed this. He doesn't have clear insight based on polling. He doesn't have uh, uh uniform buy-in from uh the teachers union, sorry, association, right? Uh he's got parents telling him telling him one thing, he's got democratic voters uh telling him something else, he's got republican lawmakers and republican voters saying something else and by the way, if you think Governor Cooper isn't Uh, sensitive to winning some of these Republican voters, you're crazy. He needs Republican votes to win. He, He does. 
to win re-election this year, he's going to need Republicans to back him like he got some backing against Pat McCrory. He only beat McCrory by like 10,000 votes. So, um, yeah, he's got to get some of those GOP votes this time around. Does he? I don't know. I got out of the uh, election predicting business back in 2016. So Cooper and Cohen do their press conference. And Cohen says, the health secretary says, if the numbers get bad, or I'm sorry, the governor says this, if the numbers get, quote, bad, it's possible that schools will not reopen in August. What we want to happen is for our numbers to stabilize and make sure that the number one reopening priority is our public schools. And that's going to collectively take all of us working together, wearing the face covering, waiting six feet apart, washing. Those things don't cost anything to the economy. And in fact, they help our economy because they'll help things get started faster and get things that are already started moving faster in in the right direction. Again, we did this for three months. And then people started rioting in the streets. And now you're saying, oh, we all need to pull together to limit the spread. Dr. Cohen says, um, oh, she's asked, what's driving the increased case numbers? You get her take a guess? Oh, oh, teacher, I know. We've seen in the last number of weeks that it is our younger um, (gasps) adults that are driving the majority of our numbers between 18 and 49. Um, We also know that we're seeing an outsized impact on our historically marginalized communities, our Latinx community. We've talked about that. By the way, I just need to stop every time I hear this term, the Latinx community. Um, Yeah, the Latinos and Latinas, they do not use the term Latinx. I wish... I wish white people would stop telling Hispanic people uh, what they need to be called and what their uh, what the rules of their own language should be. Latino, Latina, the uh, masculine and and feminine uh, 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 versions of words and such. You know, I, I took years of Spanish. You had to learn them all. The uh, like masculine, feminine. There are there are. Uh, Tent, not tenses, but versions of, of all of these words. And you're basically dictating to them what their language should be. Because some activists told you that ma- a masculine and feminine uh, use of the words of the verbs is somehow or another uh, uh, sexism or, or transphobic or something. That's where this comes from, Latinx. Anyway, I digress. At, um, at press conferences in the past, and that is really important. What you can see from the data we put up, which goes down to the zip code level, is that the quantity of the numbers are coming from some of our more populous or urban areas. <gasps> no way. So wait a minute. Let me see if I can wrap my mind around this. You're telling me that the surge or the increase, because they're not calling it a surge, surges are what's happening in the other Republican-controlled states right now. But what they're seeing is, a, is an increase in these case numbers. It's happening all over the country, and it's it's generally made up of young people in densely populated urban areas gosh what a brain buster whatever could have occurred there in these places all over the state of north carolina what is it what could it possibly be from the triangle from the triad from the charlotte area this that's where most of the people live it's where most of the numbers are coming from but we're also seeing pockets um, if you look at the numbers per capita 
we are, are seeing pockets of a higher rates of infection, particularly in some of our agriculturally dominated um, uh, counties in our southeast part of our state. Um, we want to make sure that we're working with our agriculture partners um, to make sure that folks are paying attention to the preventive measures of wearing face coverings, waiting six feet apart, washing their hands. Those are incredibly important. So again, meat processing facilities. Like this, I know I sound like a brokered record on this. I, I, to myself, I sound like a broken record because I've been saying the same thing. Everybody has been saying the same thing. Long-term care facilities, prisons and jails, and meat processing facilities. These are your ground zero hot spots. You need to focus the efforts there. Now, of course, I could have not have predicted that there would be massive uh, uh, marches and riots and looting and then, uh, you know, a dismissal of concern over such things. Uh, so, like, like I'm at the point now where this is this spread is happening. OK, the spread is happening. The virus is going to be ripping through society uh, because the horse is out of the barn already. That's that, I mean, like, like that's my approach to it right now. I could be wrong, but that's my mindset. I expect everybody's going to get it. I expect virtually everybody is going to get this thing because of the uh, month of mass demonstrations. And we're starting to see the uptick now in all of the case numbers all around the country. It's it, it's been done. And the three months that we sacrificed was for nothing, for nothing. Maybe. Well, I shouldn't say for nothing. We bought GovCo some time to develop their plans. And some states took advantage of it. Some states did not. Uh, I, I'm, unfortunately, I think we are one of the states that did not. But who knows? Yeah, I mean, they could turn it over. North Carolina could end up having the best response of all the states. It's possible. Who knows? I can't tell the future. But right now, it sure does look like all of those efforts that we went through for three months were wasted because people needed to march for a month straight because it was the only acceptable form of socializing. It was the only acceptable way that young people could go out, hang out with each other, as young people like to do. It was socially acceptable. It was sanctioned by GovCo. They were like, we stand with you. Oh, look at you. You're so brave. And they gave them praise and credit for doing so. A super spreader event for a month straight, right in the middle of a pandemic, but it was okay because, again, COVID knows the virtue of your movement. We're also seeing a number of other kinds of industries, again, that we've been talking about for a while, meatpacking, um, uh, manufacturing, construction, other jobs that are critical infrastructure jobs, but that bring people close together, that make it hard for them to social distance. It reinforces why that mandate on and requirement to wear face coverings is so important. We all have the power to slow the spread of this virus, no matter where you are. But remember, th those folks who work at construction sites or work in agriculture then can go shop at grocery stores with others who don't work in those industries, which is, again, why we all have to work collectively together to make sure we're not seeing spread of the virus um, more around our state. Um, and we have the power to do that, and we need to work hard on it over the course of the next uh, couple of weeks and, and months. Yeah. Yeah, again, it's like they, it's like they just pretend last month didn't even happen it really is impressive the level of delusion uh and uh distraction like it, it's it it's hey well, let's not look at that let's not pay any attention to what happened last month let's all focus on this uh 
Let's all take a look at what we need to do right now. This is what we need to do right now. Oh, well, I mean, what are you going to do? That just happened. We need to focus on the now. We need to focus right now. And everybody needs to pull together. We all need to buckle down. We all need to make more sacrifices because thousands of people, dare I say it, dare I quote the governor and his secretary of health when they called mass gatherings for different purposes, irresponsible and dangerous. Governor Cooper then says that he ordered the pause in our reopening at phase two. Uh, and the implementation of the face mask mandate because the trends were not going in the right direction. So we made this pause in order for us to prevent having to go backward like these other states have done. And I, I hope that the people of North Carolina will rally together like we did when this virus first hit. Um, we've never had a real surge in North Carolina. It's because people of North Carolina have pulled together to, to work to try to slow the spread of this virus. I mean, except, again, for the month of protesting that obliterated all of that hard work. But other than that, totally nailed it. Yeah, let's rally together. You want us all to rally together, dude. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we've been watching the mobs riot and burn and loot and vandalize our cities in mass gatherings that have been a virtual Studio 54 for the virus. Now you want us all to rally together. Do you have amnesia? Do you think we do? So we're asking the people to work really hard because we know we've got to do an important thing in a couple of weeks, and that's get our children back to school. So let's, let's please work hard. Let's do it for the children. Do it for the children. <laughs> Why? Where was this message a month ago? Like, again, after the first weekend of marches and protests and anger, right? Then it's like, okay, we get it. We stand with you. We, we understand why you're so angry and this and that. Uh, but look, we want to reopen schools, folks. And so like, what you're doing is, is really risky behavior. It's dangerous. It's irresponsible. It's reckless. Right? You're going to kill grandma. All of the things that they said about the reopen NC people, all of the things they said about churches that are wishing to hold services on Easter, uh, the racetrack operators, like all of the, all of the rhetoric that was used against the you know the double plus ungood people uh they could have said something like this they could i'm not saying you had to attack the protesters like you attacked republicans but you could you know point out hey um if you guys keep doing this you're you're causing viral spread these messages were nowhere to be found nowhere to be found i watched all of the press conferences I have never seen anyone admonish or urge the protesters to stay at home like they did everyone else. There was never a point in any of the protesting where the governor or his health secretary, where they ever came out and said, hey, you know what, um, we understand your cause. However, you're putting a lot of people at risk and we really need to open up schools in August. And what you're doing is going to cause uh, a viral spread that's going to make this impossible. And we need the schools to open for the kids. If you care about the future generations uh, getting education, you need to let us open the schools and so you need to please stay home. Please don't encourage or participate in more of this viral super spreading event. They didn't do any of that. They didn't say any of that. No, now they're going to pretend that last month didn't happen. They're going to hope that you don't remember last month happening. And then they're going to tell everybody we need to buckle down and apply ourselves and wear the masks and social space and uh, wash our hands a lot. And this will help us to open the schools on time.
Okay. Michael Hyland from CBS 17 then asks, what uh, changed in the last two weeks that prompted this delay in announcing a plan for reopening the schools? Because the reporters, some background here. When when you go in to, the, to your shift as a reporter, okay, you are usually responsible for story idea generation. All right? You have to come to the table, like literally come to the table where they do meetings and stuff, and you have to tell the assignment editors and the, the producers of the various uh, newscasts. Uh, you have to tell them this is a TV setting, but also this is the same for radio. you got to communicate with your anchors about uh, what stories you're going to be pursuing. And if you have an assignment editor, if your operation's large enough for that, uh, they're going to help make these decisions to guide the coverage of the day. Where do we devote resources? Who do we send... Uh, out to cover what stories do you just send a photographer a videographer do you send a reporter to like do you do a live shot at this story what you know all of these decisions get made hours hours five six hours before the newscast okay so when the reporters go in and everybody knows everybody thinks they know at least that governor cooper is going to be announcing this big uh uh plan for reopening the schools he's going to make his decision at this announcement on wednesday at 3 p.m everybody goes in knowing like this is the story right all the assignment editors all the managing editors, like everybody knows the reporters the videographers everybody knows this is the story and he gets up there then and says yeah actually no no plan so now the reporters which is always funny to me because now you screwed with their schedule <laughs> now now right now they're going to have to try to make a different story out of this non-story so now they're trying to figure out well why did you change your mind what happened what's going on here because see that could be a story governor cooper changed his mind because abc so they're they're asking and like it it was kind of comical at one point because there were like four or five different ways this question got asked and in a news conference that's tightly controlled and manipulated by the governor's comms team to only allow like six or seven questions from reporters that's saying something right that like four or five of the six or seven are all trying to figure out what changed Cooper's mind to make him now not do an announcement and anyway so Michael Hyland says, uh, you know, he wants he's one of the reporters who asked what changed in the last two weeks uh, that prompted this delay in announcing the plan to reopen the schools. And here's what Cooper had to say. We've learned a lot more in the last few weeks with studies that have come about. We're working to get more buy in from teachers and people who are on the ground to make sure they understand all of the requirements in the plan. I think it's important for us to get buy-in, as much buy-in as we possibly can. Do you think he's looking for buy-in? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just spitballing. It's a shot in the dark here. Do you think he's looking for buy-in? Kind of sounded like he was hinting around there may be some additional buy-in that they're seeking. What does that mean, buy-in? He's trying to rally support from Democrat constituencies specifically the NCAE, right? And uh, state employees union. He's right, the workers. Because think about it. The viral spread is not really a danger to kids, right? That's what all of the research out of Europe shows, all of these countries that reopened their schools and didn't see any upticks or anything like that, no breakouts no uh, in the school districts. Um, but here's the thing. You have the adults that work in the schools, 
and the adults don't want to go back to work. The adults don't want to go to the school and potentially get infected. That's what's happening, right? The adults don't want to go. So that's what he means by buy-in. He needs support from these constituencies because parents, I, I would suspect a lot of the parents are like, yeah, definitely take the kids back to the school. Yeah, I, I'm, I need to go back to, to work. I cannot do homeschooling for a year. Because honestly, like, what, like if you're a single parent, what do you do, right? You got to teach your kid at home and just not go to work. Like this is not, th- this is the problem when you rely on GovCo for all of these, uh, I mean, honestly, schools uh, impact every decision, virtually every decision in our daily lives. And even like, not even just daily, but monthly and yearly, like you buy your homes based on schools, right? Everything is focused around the government school. All right, let me pick this back up. Across the board, before we announce decisions, there's going to have to be a lot of local decisions made because school districts are different. But we believe we needed a little more time to make sure we get this plan right because education, I think the most important function of state government, I've said that many times, and this decision about reopening schools and how we do it safely and make sure our kids are learning is one of the most important. We want to make sure we're getting it right. When you refer to getting more buy-in from the teachers, have you heard specific concerns from them that you're trying to address? And can you tell us what those are? A lot of uh, teachers are concerned about going back to school and making sure that they can do it in a safe way. Most of the ones I talk to are eager to get back to teaching their children. They, they want to make sure that they are protected and the children are protected. And, you know, we're, we're in a new situation here. It's, it's extraordinary. It's already hard enough to be an educator and a student in a public school and a principal. And those jobs are so hard. Now you're going to have to layer on all of the sanitation, the social distancing, uh, the wearing of face coverings, and making sure that uh, we're protecting everybody to to the greatest extent possible. And he, I agree with him on that. I think he's right. This is going to be difficult to try and figure out. Again, I'm trying to give latitude to officials trying to make these decisions. How do you create a classroom environment where all the kids have to be separated by at least, you know, six feet or something? They've got to be wearing masks and all that. Yeah, it's going to be a hassle, the, quote, new normal. It's a, it's going to be a hassle. Um, and, and a lot of kids are not going to enjoy the experience, and then, therefore, they're going to be more uh, behavioral issues, right? Because the kids are not going to be enjoying themselves. Much unlike me, when I was in school, I enjoyed all of it. Right. Um, (laughs) uh, I would recommend, how about this? Bring back the telephone booths. Make something like, like if we just fill the classrooms with telephone booths and then we can pipe in the teacher's audio over the telephone. Right. And the kids would probably think it's cool. Like, oh, look, I'm playing in the telephone booth, you know. Yeah, I'm just just spitballing. It's an idea. Um, All right. So they know the virus is spreading during mass gatherings. Okay, this is what they have said. So don't celebrate Easter. Don't celebrate July 4th. But uh, if you got plans to riot for social justice, I think that'll be okay. 
North Carolina is seeing a slow and steady increase in cases. Here's Dr. Mandy Cohen at the very end of yesterday's press conference. We were reporting our highest day of new cases today with more than 1,800 cases. We're almost getting numb to hearing these numbers, but they are big numbers of new cases that we're seeing every day. But but it is not the skyrocketing cases that we're seeing in other states, but it is a cautionary tale that we have work to do here to continue to keep that virus led, that virus level low. And what it has shown me is how quickly things can change. Just remember a few weeks ago, um, there, the Floridas of, uh, and, and other southern states were looking stable. Um, and it is so quickly we see that that can change. And that's why. Why? why, why? Why did it change? It was all just restaurants? Is that what happened? How come we're seeing these increases while they're seeing these increases too? And even though Dr. Deborah Burks from the White House Coronavirus Task Force said, this is not due to your reopening. There's something systemically wrong with your plans. Why we have to do the hard work now, we don't want to have to go backwards. And that's what we're seeing in, a, in Florida and in Texas and in Arizona. They have to go backwards. We don't want to have to go backwards. We want to make progress. We want to get our kids back to school. And that's why we needed to pause our reopening for now, do this mask requirement, avoid large social gatherings this weekend when you, when you are uh, celebrating July 4th. Um, and we're going to focus on making sure that we are keeping North Carolina uh, and that virus level low here. By the way, uh, going backwards for those other states puts them where we are. Okay, so it's not like they've gone back to a a, a greater uh, lockdown status than we have right now. They've just closed their bars and gyms, where which we have already had closed, right? Um, we're not going backwards. I, just like that's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. People are not going to shut down their businesses again. Um, you're going to you're going to have you're going to have a real problem. Considering what we just saw last month, you don't get to tell me what to do anymore. Okay, that's a wrap for this episode. Remember, subscribe to the podcast, give it a thumbs up in the reviews. I appreciate it, and consider becoming a patron of the program. You get cool stuff and exclusive content. Links are at thepetecalendarshow.com and in the description of the podcast. Thanks so much for your support. Talk to you later. Don't break anything while I'm gone.